Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Content Club with your host Erin Brown from Live Well with Erin. I am super excited about this episode because we're discussing a topic that I know many of us can relate to. So an article from Healthline came out on the topic of purpose anxiety. What is it and do you have it is the question that this article asks. And as I never heard of the term purpose anxiety, but as soon as I heard it, it, it just immediately made so much sense and resonated with me. And I wondered why, you know, more of us aren't talking about it broadly. And this concept is the idea that many of us feel a lot of anxiety for not knowing our purpose, feeling like we may not have a place in the world, that our life might even be meaningless if we don't have a purpose. And that causes a lot of anxiety for those of us who are soul searching, for those of us who are trying to figure out how we can make a big impact, find the right career. It's such a big question and not knowing to the answer to it can cause a lot of stress on us. So I thought a great person to have on this episode to discuss this is Elise Preston, a human design coach. And you're about to learn a lot more about what human design is, but if you've never heard of it, it is a system for you know self-discovery, self-knowledge that combines astrology, teaching, Kabbalah, the chakras, and tree of life. And you'll find out so much more about how knowing your human design can give you so much insight into who you are. So I'll give you some background about our guest, Elise Preston. Elise started her career as a youth development professional who experienced overwhelm and burnout in the direct service field and set out on a journey to learn how to better care for herself and her community. In her process, she became a trained yoga instructor with Baltimore Youth Village, studied trauma-informed yoga with Body Wise Foundation, and completed human design reader training with world-leading expert Jenna Zoe. Be More Connected, her coaching organization, was created to inspire healing, self-understanding, and personal development and empowerment for leaders and change makers seeking to center their healing while being of service to the world. Elise is particularly motivated and inspired to support change makers of color to come home to themselves and lead change in their communities in a sustainable and aligned way. I'm so excited for this episode and thank you for joining us. So Elise, I am so glad to have you on the Content Club. Welcome to the show. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So for all the listeners out there, I want to give you a little bit of background on how Elise and I met. Um, Mm -hmm. So I slipped into her DMs. (laughs) (laughs) I really loved her content around human design and the insights she was dropping. And we had a great conversation and I felt like we could really relate to each other as women who experienced burnout in their careers and came into the wellness space in different ways as a result of our own healing journeys. And um, for all the listeners, I also listened to a very eye-opening masterclass that Elise led, which went deeper into human design charts. And I learned so much cool stuff about myself. And I knew Elise that I really wanted to have you on this podcast to share your insights with everyone. So thank you so much for being here. Yay. Well, thank you so much for reaching out. I love being able to geek out on human design. So conversations like this are my favorite. (laughs) Awesome. So let's get started. 
Um, Elise, can you start by explaining to everyone what human design is? And I mean, I only learned about it a year ago and I sort of became obsessed with it, but yeah. I would love for you to explain what it is for everyone and also how your journey led you to coach others on their human design. Sure. So I now love to say that human design is a system that really supports us with knowing ourselves, loving ourselves, trusting ourselves, and being ourselves. So just to kind of put it in context with other systems that we may be familiar with, um, sometimes I, I hear people refer to it as like a spiritual personality test. So if you're someone who's ever done a Myers-Briggs test or Strengths Finder or Enneagram or even kind of like dabbled with your astrology, um, human design can kind of be correlated to those systems. But what makes it a little bit different is that it's really rooted in subtle energy and life force energy and giving us some clear language to be able to describe and understand our own personal energy system as we move through the world. And so what it's really rooted in is giving us an understanding of our personal aura and our energy body, and then also being able to root into some of our specific gifts and strengths and qualities and essences um, that our soul chose in this lifetime. And my journey with coaching people around human design has actually kind of continued to evolve over time. And so my first kind of entry point into the wellness world was actually in the yoga space. And so I became a certified yoga teacher um, back in 2018. And at that point, I was really providing a lot more space in my life to be diving into some of the spiritual modalities that I was really interested in. And um, discovered human design at that point. And in the similar way that you described it, like just became completely obsessed and wanted to learn everything about the system, wanted to explore it in, in deeper, at a, at a deeper level of depth. And so once I was finding how supportive the information, the tools were for me in my own process, I started sharing it with my friends and my family. And, um, received a lot of positive feedback from people about how deeply the information was resonating, how true it really felt for people. Um, and that's when I started to um, experiment with then sharing it with community members as well. And so I really started out at first um, just offering human design readings and some one-on-one -on -one, um, like coaching and guidance sessions. But it became clear to me that after just one human design reading, it sometimes it's a little bit hard to figure out how to integrate it into your life in a holistic way without additional kind of guidance and support. And so being able to work with people one-on-one -on -one in either like a three or a six or a nine month um, program has been the, the places and the spaces where I feel like people have been able to have the most transformative experiences with supporting them and understanding their own personal energy system, trusting their intuition and their inner authority, leaning into their gifts, connecting into their purpose. And, you know, there are some places where it's hard for us to really see ourselves or there's places where we can't always lead ourselves. And so being able to have 
um, a coach or a guide or a therapist in that sense is um, oftentimes the the thing that can be the most the most healing and the most supportive because we are all social beings and all are seeking um, those spaces where we can be held and supported and guided through our process. I love it. And something that you just said, learning to lead ourselves just really stuck with me because mm-hmm. I just feel like as you know, for anyone who's really interested in personal development, um, self-actualization, it's just really, you know, key to pick up tools like this or explore tools like this and work with someone who can really support you on that journey to help unfold your gifts. Um, because going into human design, it can seem very complex. It's a lot of information. So I can definitely see how your work evolved into really then supporting someone on their journey because it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is definitely a very layered system for yes. sure. Oh, absolutely. And even just myself, and we can go into this more, but I feel like, you know, I'm still at the tip of the iceberg on it, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, super excited with what you have to share during this uh, conversation so we can learn more. Yeah. Um, but I want to go to this article that, uh, where we learn about the concept about purpose anxiety. And that's something that I can definitely relate to. I know a lot of listeners out there can as well. Um, From a human design perspective, why do you think this purpose anxiety exists? And how can human design be a tool to help us release this anxiety? Well, within the system of human design, it really is rooted in the idea that each and every one of us has an energy body and that we also have a soul. And that for each and every one of us, you know, we are not here by accident. Our soul chose to be here and we have a specific purpose and mission that we are here to carry out. And I think that this this feeling, this inner kind of tension that comes up for us in our process that's related to purpose anxiety is because we have a deep inner knowing that we are here for a specific purpose. And so when we are carrying out our life in a way where we aren't experiencing fulfillment or don't feel like we're being able to put our gifts and our strengths and our talents to good use, um, it's kind of like our, our soul is, is prompting us to do more. Our inner being is calling on us to explore how we can really tap into what we are here to do. And the ways that human design can support us with this. I love to say that human design really helps to accelerate our ability to reveal and connect to our purpose because I don't necessarily think that you need human design. It's, it's kind of like a bonus. I think that all of us are deeply intuitive, connected to the divine, have the ability to root into our purpose whether or not we even know human design exists, right? Like we, we all have this ability um, within us innately. And so a tool like human design is able to accelerate our process by giving us really clear um, tools and language and energetic um, information to support us in 
making that process just a little bit smoother and cleaner and maybe taking some years off of our own individual exploration and dabbling and exploring of our own process. Um, and so just to kind of root it into my own experience with human design, for me, I think what was so supportive, like even with just starting with some of the foundational pieces of human design, um, learning that I was a projector energy type, which I'm sure we'll continue to dive into more in our, in our interview, um, really gave me a lot of permission to feel comfortable in the space of being a guide and a teacher and a leader and a way shower um, versus putting a ton of pressure on myself to actively be a doer in the world because I thought that that was the way to be successful and the way to um, be able to make an impact in the world. And learning about my emotional authority gave me more permission to take more time when making decisions and not feel as though I had to be rushed to make immediate, you know, split decisions. And overall, the system gave me more permission to trust myself and to trust my gifts and how to use them. And so I think a lot of times we, you know, just in our regular course of life are relying on input and information from the outside world, expectations from the outside world, um, conditioning that we may have experienced from a very young age, telling us that it is better or that we'll be more successful and more fulfilled if we operate in these ways that you know others are expecting of us. But human design really flips all of that on its head and is really set up to support us with coming home to ourselves, tuning into who we are on a deep energetic level, and then giving ourselves that full permission to operate in the way that's going to be most supportive for us. So instead of struggling against ourselves, we're able to experience more flow, more joy, more purpose, and ultimately be able to show up in the world in a way where we could be making the greatest impact. I love what you said about coming home to ourselves. And mm. uh, yes, I feel that human design can be such a great tool for that. Uh, releasing the conditioning of what you thought you were supposed to be because you're stepping into just what is true for you. Yes. So I happen to be a manifesting generator, which is one of the five human design energy types. And I have definitely experienced burnout, trying to figure out my purpose, feeling like I'm swimming against the current and, you know, just working very hard to make situations work that just simply aren't correct for me. And then having to pivot, but like only doing so after I've poured in so much time and energy <laughs> into the situation. Sure. So can you describe each energy type and how someone with that energy type might come to know when they either are or are not aligned with their purpose and what strategy does each energy type use to know whether they're in alignment? I think that with this question, I do want to kind of preface it by saying too, that even within the five energy types, there is so much um, differentiation and variation around 
how your individualized purpose will most optimally express itself in the world. And so the energy type really gives us a lot of great information about the strategy that you're designed to use to be able to have the most optimal energy exchanges with the world and does give some some clues and some hints into what kind of work will feel fulfilling for you in terms of how you use your energy each day. Um, but that your purpose, even you know, me and another projector or you and another manifesting generator, your purpose um, might show up very, very differently. But to dive into a little brief description of the five energy types, there are generators and pure generators are actually a little bit different than your energy type as a manifesting generator. Um, generators are around 33% of the population and they're designed to really be the active doers on the planet. Um, people with the generator energy type have the strategy of waiting to respond. And essentially what that means is that for them, they have an open and enveloping aura that really draws life and draws energy into them. So instead of feeling like they need to go out and initiate things, it's actually really important for them to allow things to show up in their field, to allow things to come to them in their life, and then tune into their gut, tune into their, what in the human design system is called their sacral center and allow their sacral to respond and really trust that messaging and that energy that, that they're receiving there. So if something shows up in their field and they feel lit up, excited, like their desire is activated, that means that that is something that's going to be really aligned for them. And that actually when they give themselves permission to do that thing or you know, lean in the direction of that thing, that it actually supports them with generating more energy within their system. So their key kind of energetic contribution to the planet is being lit up by life, allowing their process to be more energized and um, more well-resourced, and then also allowing that energy to be shared with those around them. So people who are around generators also benefit from that energetic overflow and are able to be kind of lit up and energized in their process just by being in the aura of a generator. Um, and then manifesting generators. Well, actually, Elise, can I just interrupt you for a second? Would you Definitely. mind giving an example of a generator that we all know? Oh, yes. Um, so two generators that are often referenced a lot are Oprah Winfrey and- I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> when you were describing it, I'm like, I bet Oprah's a generator. <laughs> yes. And Jennifer Lopez Absolutely. is another. Um, and so, when they are engaged in the kind of work that lights them up, they're really able to be very energized, very sustained. Um, they have a very sparkly and magnetic kind of personality. Um, people tend to be drawn to them and feel really energized in their presence. Um, and so kind of a key challenge that can sometimes exist for generators is that they can sometimes fall into the camp of people pleasing or um, struggling with energetic boundaries because sometimes they'll feel like they have an obligation or a responsibility to always be on and lit up 
and providing energy for other people. Um, but it's super important for generators to always be um, in that space of reminding themselves that if they are only operating out of a place of obligation and they're not actually truly listening into their sacral, their gut, what's lighting them up, that is actually what causes them to become depleted. And that's kind of like a recipe for burnout for generators. Um, and that puts them in a position to not actually be able to be making their key kind of core energetic contribution to the planet. And it causes them to not only experience the kind of internal challenges around depletion and burnout, but it also impacts their ability to be of service to the world because they don't have that sustained energy to be able to contribute to their projects, to their connections, to the other people in their life. Oh, so interesting. And so then we can shift into talking about manifesting generators. And you are a subtype of of generator um, and you're actually a hybrid of generators and manifestors and so for you 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 also have that aura that's open and enveloping that draws life into you and that you have that similar strategy of waiting to respond so tuning into the response that you receive in your sacral center whether that is that lit up um hell yes feeling, whether it's neutral or a no, um, but really tuning in, listening, and making sure that you are aligning with that gut sensation that you receive. This can be kind of challenging in our culture because we've been so conditioned to believe that we always need to be operating in a way that's very linear and logical and has to make sense to other people. And it has to be something that you can justify and validate um, with your mind. Oftentimes, sacral center um, hits and information are not going to be things that you can really logically explain. And so becoming comfortable with living more from the body and less concerned with making things make sense to other people or being able to logically describe it in the mind is also a part of this human design process that can be a little challenging and can, you know, require us to develop some, a lot of, you know, a certain level of courage and self-trust to be able to live more in the world in that way. But kind of the key distinction between generators and manifesting generators is that manifesting generators are actually designed to have this element of reinvention and, exploration and playing um, in the world, that's a little bit different than generators. Generators can feel more comfortable um, investing in one specific um, niche or aspect or way of using their energy at a time. And it is more energetically correct for generators to really be pursuing certain avenues or areas of interest more like to the point of mastery. But for manifesting generators, you're actually going to feel more focused and more sustained um, when you have many different pots simmering and many different buckets where you can be exploring your different interests and using your different skills and gifts. And it's really important to be tuning into that sacral 
strategy to help you understand how long you should be investing in something, you know, be exploring and playing, investing in something for as long as it lights you up. But when you no longer feel that lit up, excited feeling, when you no longer feel your desire activated around something, really giving yourself permission to let it go and move on to the next thing. Because for manifesting generators, your process is really all about cycles and reinvention and picking up different skills and traits and lessons along the way but not necessarily putting a lot of pressure on yourself to pursue something to the point of mastery, because that's not necessarily what's needed from you. That's what's hard. <laughs> it's, it is really, it is really challenging. Because um, of the conditioning in our society that we should be, you know, more of an expert in one or, you know, one thing mm-hmm. we should be the best at it, be known for it. And that's what success is. It's like, we're, um, condition that kind of dabbling or trying different things you're seen as flaky or not focused yes and that is really absolutely um some of the key outside world fears for manifesting generators um being seen as flaky or non-linear or non-committal and so for manifesting generators it it is really helpful to be able to start building um a really deep relationship with the sacral to be able to tune into what things are really lighting you up so that you have a sense of when it feels right to continue pursuing something. And when the fire, when the desire is no longer there, like giving yourself permission to let it go and knowing that for you being able to explore something or be invested in something for a certain period of time and then moving on is not any reflection of flakiness or failure like really trusting that you've had the opportunity to pick up the lessons and the experiences and the karma from that experience while you were in it and that you're really adding it into this body of work that you're creating that's going to continue to develop and unfold over time and knowing that for you, your your process is just going to look so different than what the outside world may be expecting, but that doesn't make it any less worthy or less valuable. Um, and, And also really leaning into how it feels for you and your in your body and in your process when you are giving yourself more permission to live that way, because you won't feel that um, that frustration and that um, feeling of just having to be tied to something that doesn't actually support you anymore or feel like it is contributing to your growth and your evolution and your process. And when you actually allow yourself to kind of let go and move on to the next, you are building more momentum in the direction of the person that you're seeking to become. And so it is definitely something that can feel kind of counterintuitive and be a little challenging to wrap your head around with the conditioning, as you were saying, with the with the messaging that we're receiving, um, but that it is 100% possible to be living in the world as a manifesting generator and feel fulfilled and as as though you're supporting your energy system a couple of um manifesting generators who are are living in the world in this way um who are often referenced are 
people like Marie Forleo and Tony Robbins. And so they're people who have a wide variety of interests and passions, but they've really folded them in and incorporated them into their life and into their brand in a way that feels really integrated and really seamless. And so just as an example, Marie Forleo is a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. Um, But within her business, she also um, incorporates uh, aspects of like her passion for hip hop dance. She includes that pretty frequently in her social media presence. She is a philanthropist and has a lot of different projects that she's investing in, in different parts of the world. Um, Her work with her clients isn't necessarily just rooted in one aspect of business. She does a lot with having a kind of media presence. She has her own platform called Marie TV, um, but she also supports entrepreneurs with writing and and creating their copy, um, creating their own digital brand. And so even though it may seem from the if you were just hearing those things on face value, all of those different buckets, you might be like, whoa, that's a lot. But she is able to create this thread throughout her brand and her business where she weaves all of those passions together into this really kind of beautiful package. And it all works together and it all flows together in a way that makes sense and that really draws in her most aligned you know, clients and collaborators and connections. And she's very successful. Um, similarly with Tony Robbins, um, you know, he's an author, a speaker, a coach, guide. His work ranges from focusing on finances to physical health to spiritual well-being, hosts international retreats. So, you know, being able to hold all of those different modalities but blended into that integrated brand and still show up in the world in the way where you know I, I don't know these people personally but are <laughs> you know seem to be able to be really sustained in their business and be able to be abundant and, and financially successful and making a really big impact that is so affirming for me because it is you know seeing these people who have built a huge following and have inspired so many people and they are able to integrate things that don't seem to really make sense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially Marie Forleo, I definitely, if you're not familiar with her, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, learning about her story, but like you said, at least, you know, she, you know, became a dancer in her twenties, which is kind of late for most people. Yeah. You know, she teaches, you know, women, um, entrepreneurs, how to scale up their businesses. Like she does so many things. She has these, you know, personal development empowerment conferences. There, there's a lot going on there. So right, right. affirming for a manifesting generator like me. Yeah. You know that you could still, you know, integrate all these like seemingly disparate parts of yourself into one and still be successful. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And it really is about having you know, doing that own, your own personal audit around what things genuinely light you up, really motivate and inspire you. And then giving yourself permission to prioritize those things and keep those 
on the front burner, like the things that you're really investing in and, and pushing forward. And, you know, as a manifesting generator, giving yourself permission to know that those things might shift and change, that they don't have to be forever. Um, but as you pour into the things that are lighting you up and exciting you the most in that moment or in that specific season or cycle, that's going to contribute to you experiencing the most growth and alignment and fulfillment. Absolutely. So yes, let's move on to the next energy type. Yes. And so then we have manifestors. And oh, I forgot to say for manifesting generators, they're also about like 33% of the population. Um, then we have manifestors who are about 10% of the population. And manifestors are they are really designed to be the initiators and the trailblazers and the fire starters um, in our collective. They are the folks that are here to really get things going and like get the ball rolling for the rest of us. And some examples of famous manifestors that we may all know of are uh, Maya Angelou and Frida Kahlo was also a manifester. And manifestors actually have usually what's considered to be like the largest aura of all of the energy types. And their aura is more closed and selective. And so actually when you interact with someone who has a manifestor aura, it actually physically kind of like pushes your aura back and kind of like moves your aura in a particular direction. And that's really aligned with their energetic impact and their energetic contribution because they're really here to be starting things in the world, to be leaders and trailblazers pushing the envelope, being these visionaries who are moving things in a particular direction. And for them, it's really important to be making sure that they have a really clear space uh, where they can be using their manifestor influence. Because for all manifestors, they sometimes have their key outside world fear is of being you know, like too big or too loud or that they're going to be divisive or opinion splitting or that people aren't going to like them or support them. And so for manifestors, it's really, really important for them to be reminding themselves that they're here to be this being that's like a beacon and a trailblazer for starting new things and getting things going in the world. And sometimes that does come with um, making others a bit uncomfortable or having other people maybe not be quite ready for that yet. And so becoming more comfortable with the fact that that is kind of an inevitable way that some may interact with their energy, but being able to not take that as personally and rooting into the truth of the fact that there are people who are really ready for that shift and that change and that momentum in a particular direction. And there will be people that when they use their voice, when they show up in their wholeness, um, that there are people who are really dying and craving for their message and to be able to be part of that movement in a particular direction. Um, and so for manifesting, not manifesting generators, for manifestors, um, it is really important for them to be strengthening their relationship with their throat um, to be able to be speaking and showing up fully in the world and to be 
developing a deeper sense of self-confidence and self-trust to be able to move through the world in a way where they are really self-certified, where they're not relying so much on others' expectations or being impacted by others' fears or things that may inevitably be triggered in others because you know, we always want to be compassionate of others, but we can't allow that to dim our shine or stop us from doing the work that our soul is here to do in this lifetime. I love it. It's like they have permission to be big. Yes. Giving themselves permission to be big is really what is going to be most transformative um, in the process for all, for all manifestors. Oh, I forgot to say the strategy for manifestors. Their strategy is to inform. And so because they have this big aura and because what they do has a profound impact on everyone around them, it's really, really important for them to just give people a heads up and give them notice about the things that they're going to be initiating, the things that they're going to be doing and starting so that people feel clued in and feel as though they're incorporated and included in that process of what the manifestor is embarking on. So it doesn't mean that manifestors should ever be like shifting or changing what they're doing based on other people's responses, but just giving people a heads up, informing them, letting them know will allow them to have so much more of a smooth energy exchange with other people because other people won't be feeling caught off guard or having that pushback or having that resistance against them. They'll be able to feel like they have been included in, in the process and know what's going on and have less of that unknown. So it allows manifestors to have more of a smooth, kind of comfortable flow of energy with the other people around them. Thanks for adding that. Yes. Um, and then we have projectors. And I'm actually a projector in human design. And projectors are about 20% of the population. And projectors have a really focused and absorbing aura is how how their energy flow is described and so projectors are really good at seeing into other people but also like seeing into systems and processes and so their greatest energetic contribution is really to be able to be a guide or a coach or a mentor or a teacher or a way shower um, to help people to be able to create more efficiency and productivity um, in their lives and in their process. And the, the strategy for projectors is um, to wait for recognition and invitation. And so essentially what this means is since projectors are very good at seeing where there might need to be tweaks or modifications or improvements to support a process or a system um, or even just a particular event or experience with being more seamless and flowy and in alignment. Projectors often want to be giving out guidance and advice around things. But if you as, or me, like as a projector, are giving out advice where people haven't asked for it or haven't created the space within themselves to be able to receive that information, 
it often doesn't land well. Sometimes that person might be irritated or offended, or sometimes the information might just like go right over their head because they're not looking for that information. They're not interested in it. They're not going to do anything with it. Um, and so for projectors, that creates this, can create the sense of bitterness within them um, because they know that if the information that they shared were incorporated in a meaningful way, that it could have a really positive impact. Um, so to avoid that feeling of bitterness for the projector, uh, it's really important for them and their process to wait for others to recognize the specific seeing gifts that they have and invite them in to share their guidance because that creates the most supportive and flowy exchange of energy uh, because that person has really welcomed and invited in that advice so that when the projector shares it, that person is actually going to take that incorporate it into their lives and experience a positive impact from it. And that's really the optimal energy exchange that all projectors are, are really seeking. Oh, I would yeah. imagine that uh, it could be very exhausting as a projector to be, you know, thinking that you're making an impact, giving your gifts, telling people, you know, what you think is best and they're just not ready for it. So mm. I can see how, you know, really finding those opportunities um, to be among people who are ready to embrace what you have to say can just really give you more energy instead of being in environments where people aren't ready and they're sort of shutting you down or ignoring you. Um, yeah, I, I, and it can be demoralizing too. Yes, it can become pretty depleting and just feel as though you're throwing a lot out into the world, but then it's like all falling flat. <laughs> um, and sometimes projectors can feel um, kind of disappointed when they find out that they're projectors because that strategy feels like it's kind of passive. It's like, oh, I have to wait for recognition and an invitation. Like, does that just mean I'm sitting on my couch until someone invites me in to do something? And so I really like to create a reframe around that strategy for projectors because actually what makes those invitations those aligned invitations come faster is when you really start to see and recognize yourself first and when you start to really invest in your own learning and your own gifts so as a projector giving yourself lots of opportunities and time to be investing in the things that light you up the most to be really cultivating those seeing gifts and making them even stronger within you is how you are actually able to start attracting and bringing in more of those aligned connections and invitations to your life because you really start just like emanating and radiating out through your aura the fact that you are a projector with these particular seeing gifts and other people start to sense that from you and and want to be able to get you know like a taste of some of that guidance yeah I can definitely see how um you know once you sort of have the tools and the knowledge of yourself you can really just enter into more of those like you said aligned connections and conversations with people Yes. And I think that's really true of all of the energy types, actually. Like as you start to root into what your specific gifts are and how you can share them in a way that feels aligned for you, um, you do start to see that there are 
more aligned opportunities and connections and invitations and experiences that really start to show up. That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the very last, but not least, (laughs) um, energy type that we have to talk through today is reflectors. And reflectors are super rare, super magical. Um, They're only about 1% of the population. And reflectors really special gift is to be able to reflect back and mirror how we're all doing as a collective. And reflectors are so rare because within their charts, within their design, they're the only energy type that actually don't have any of their nine energy centers colored in and defined. They're extremely open and sensitive um, to the energies of other people around them, to the energies of their environment. And they're actually able to kind of like take in and amplify um, what's going on in the world around them. And having all of that openness within their system actually makes them incredibly, incredibly wise. And so they're an energy type that are really helpful to have kind of at the, at the center of our communities or our organizations because they can kind of uncover and reveal and reflect back things that others might not be seeing or sensing or have an understanding of and can allow us to really tune into like what's working well, what's not working. Um, Where can we support each other in being more collaborative or being able to tap into each other's gifts in more of a seamless way. And a couple of celebrity reflectors are Michael Jackson, and Sandra Bullock. And so I feel like with Michael Jackson, we can really see how he was able to be so sensitive and so wise and reflect back so much about our cultural experience. And there's like such a timeless nature to all of his music and all of his cultural contributions that we can kind of still feel and sense um, today. Like it doesn't feel like his music doesn't feel old when you listen to it. It feels like it's still very, very relevant. Um, And then similarly, well, not similarly, this is a a different style of different medium of art music versus kind of the on-screen film world. But with Sandra Bullock, um, that she is able to really show up in her roles in a way where we can really identify deeply with whoever she is showing up as um, and has this this quality of being able to be kind of like a universal character that we can see ourselves in, in different qualities and aspects. Um, and so with those energy types, I think something that I really love about the system of human design is that it's really guiding us to help us to have more of a sense of radical empathy for each other to be able to understand that we are all designed so differently and so uniquely and that it's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for us to expect all of us to operate in exactly the same way. Um, But that when we are leaning into our authentic design, it not only supports us, it supports everyone else around us because we need manifestors to be the ones that are helping us to get the ball rolling, to get things started, um, to blaze new trails in the world. And we need generators 
and manifesting generators to be the doers who are helping to carry out those new tasks in the world, um, but also helping all of us to be energized and sustained and have that connection to desire and creativity in the world. And we need projectors to be helping us to create some more um, efficiency and productivity and helping us to refine our systems along the way so that we don't continue in one direction that may not be as supportive. And we really need reflectors to be those wise mirrors and help to reveal for all of us um, how we can be operating in the world in a way that is supportive of, of the whole of all of us moving together um, in a way that's going to be most supportive. And I haven't really seen any other system that really has such beautiful impl implications for us understanding ourselves deeply on an individual level, but also having that broader kind of macro level collective vision for how we can all support each other. And something that I find interesting about this, the human design system is that it gives us, it, it guides us into figuring out not just the, the what of our purpose, you know, what we, what our purpose is, but also the how. Mm. And something that's interesting in this article is that there is anxiety related to purpose around two areas, you know, first is what is my purpose? That's like the major question that a lot of us think about. And then mm. there's that, okay, so maybe I know what my purpose is, but how do I pursue that? Mm. So how do you see human design uh, fitting into that question of how, once you sort of have an idea or sense of, you know, what purpose you're aligned to, like, how do you know how to pursue that? A couple of aspects of the human design chart that can be really supportive in understanding how to approach purpose um, are your inner authority. Also just some of the gates and channels of activation within your chart. And also being able to take a look at your profile, being able to kind of summarize this in a helpful way for people who may be kind of new to the system of human design, your um, inner authority is related to your inner decision-making authority. And so in our Western society, we've been very much conditioned to believe that we always have to make our decisions from our mind, that we should be making pro-con lists and like decisions should be this very, you know, logical, methodical process. But in human design, it actually has a very, very different orientation to making decisions and says that our mind is actually the, the most conditioned part of ourselves that's the most susceptible to influences from the outside world and instead it can be much more supportive to be able to tune into our bodies for making the most aligned decisions because our bodies don't lie like our bodies tell us what's really going on for us and that each and every one of us has a particular center within our human design where our inner authority or our like decision-making intuition lives. And so when we are able to build a deep relationship with that, lean into that, trust that, is when we are able to 
make decisions that are going to actually support us with moving in the direction of how our purpose um, would most like optimally unfold for us. Also, as we look into the different gates and channels within our chart, those um, are where we find some of those really beautiful like bits of information about our specific gifts and skills and strengths that our soul has chosen in this lifetime. And so being able to be tuned in with what those activations are um, gives us some really great information and insight about how we can share those gifts um, in, in an aligned way. Because for actually for every piece, for every aspect of the human design chart, there is a way to access it in more of a high vibe um, in its like highest expression. And there's also a way that sometimes when we're operating out of alignment with ourselves or out of alignment with our design, how that energy might show up in a way that causes some resistance or tension or might be more of like a low vibrational low vibrational expression of that energy. So there is some guidance, some information that's shared about how to more optimally use those gifts and express them in a supportive way versus um, how they can sometimes show up in a way where it creates more, more challenge for us in our, in our process. And then the, the aspect of the profile um, is also, it's really interesting. Um, the, the profile in human design is sometimes referred to as like our energetic personality. And so it gives us some information about how we are most optimally designed to experience our energy internally um, within our own process. And then also how others receive us externally in the world and how to come into kind of greater balance and greater alignment with that internal expression of energy and external expression of energy. And so when you can find um, more harmony and more balance with that, it allows you to be able to show up in the world in, the way, in a way where you can share your gifts and um, have a really beautiful impact. And maybe not bump up against as, as much of the challenges that you might um, if you're not aware of your own kind of internal energetic needs and some of the ways that your energy is sometimes received by others. Um, and so, you know, with all of this, it really is just an invitation to start experimenting with the energies and the information that your human design chart reflects back to you and beginning to implement it and incorporate it in your life in a way that feels supportive and that feels approachable because it is a lot of information. Like honestly, you could spend a whole lifetime unpacking one human design chart, like your own personal human design chart, and you would have plenty of material to support you. <laughs> um, and so I know for myself in my own process, I went pretty hard in my first few months of exploring and became kind of overwhelmed and burnt out, honestly, with 
with exploring human design. So when I when I work one on one with people, I love to like take it slow and allowing it to unfold more organically, um, and and knowing that it is really a part of our process and a part of our journey to experience certain challenges and roadblocks because that does help us to build greater inner strength and resilience and have a deep understanding in our body of what doesn't work so that we actually feel motivated to do the work of uncovering what works for us and um, having greater clarity around how we can support ourselves and our own energy system. And that there's really, there's no way to, get it right or like be perfect because it's always going to continue to shift and change and evolve um, as we do. So I know listeners right now are like, okay, I need to know my human design (laughs) ASAP. (laughs) So how can they find that out? Uh, Where can they get a chart? Yes. And so the two places where I usually, um, recommend that people go to be able to pull up a chart for free are um, either mybodygraph.com or myhumandesign.com. Mybodygraph.com was um, created by the, the founder of human design and the kind of like international human design school that, that he and um, you know, a team of, of his collaborators created and then myhumandesign.com was created by the person that I actually did my um, human design reader training with her name is Jenna Zoe and I I really appreciate her website and her resources um, because once you look up your chart she also has like a whole video library um, where you can pull up your chart for free, but the video library of resources, those are paid offerings. Um, But then you can really start to dive into specific aspects of your chart. If you want to watch a video about your inner authority or your energy type or eating for your design, she has like so many amazing resources there that people can tap into. And, you know, for the listeners, as you can imagine, and as you've heard, there's so much complexity to the chart and so much to explore. So even just like working with someone like Elise to really figure out how to, you know, make or to live in your most aligned way in your purpose is is a huge gift to be able to work with someone like Elise, I feel like. And I, you know, when I took your master class, I was like, wow, this is such great information. Um, so please share, you know, how can listeners find you and work with you? My handle on social media is b.more.connected. You can find me there on Facebook and Instagram. And the website is bemoreconnected.net. And for those who may be interested in a human design reading, you can find all the information about how to sign up for a reading on the website. I also offer soul coaching sessions. And so those are opportunities for us to connect about a specific 
question or challenge that may be coming up in your life right now and being able to kind of walk you through that and guide you through that based on the information that I'm able to glean from your human design chart. Um, but for folks who may be interested in diving in even deeper and being able to have one-on-one -on -one personalized support with integrating your human design in your life, um, I also offer one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And so this is really my favorite way to be able to support people. And it is an opportunity for us to be able to connect um, for either three months or six months uh, to be able to walk you through the process of integrating your type, strategy, authority, profile, and the gates and activations within your chart so that you can begin to access your purpose, being able to learn more about how to cultivate and nourish your relationships in your life, um, being able to really just support you in honoring your energy system so that you can live in the world with more joy and pleasure and flow and really reducing things like stress and resistance and overwhelm in your process. And I've really just loved being able to see how within this process, like regardless of where you are starting out, if you're someone who has already kind of dabbled in the spiritual world and have a lot of a lot of tools that you already work with, or if you are really brand new to the space of working with a coach or working one-on-one -on -one with someone, um, how incorporating more human design into your process can be such a radical and transformational tool with being able to support you with living the life that you're really desiring to live. And um, so if that is in in interest um, for those who are tuning in today, there's also information on the website about um, how to apply and how to move forward with one-on-one -on -one mentorship. This is so great. Thank you so much, Elise. And before we close, I do want to ask you one more question that we ask each guest. Um, and that is, if you could play hooky for a day, how would you spend your day? Yes, I think right now I'm just feeling really called to be spending more time in nature. And so for me, I feel like I would pack up some delicious snacks, a book, have some podcasts, you know, loaded up on my phone, um, maybe bring a journal so I can do some writing um, and just find a really beautiful place in nature to kind of camp out for the day and just have a beautiful experience out there. Uh, I love it. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Elise, for being on the show. You just provide so much wisdom and information that I mean, I just think it's so interesting. And I'm sure you're, you know, expanding a lot of people's mindsets about way they can pursue their purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's Content Club. Content Club is brought to you from Hookie Wellness, your one stop shop for burnout support. Give us a follow at Hookie Wellness. I'm Erin, and until next time, work hard, self-care harder.